Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right. Welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I hope all of our listeners are out there. Thank you for your patience. Uh, if you were uh, still on, I know that we were having some uh, technical difficulties there. So before we even get started here, what I want to say is we want to start with a prayer to St. Michael. It's no surprise these technical difficulties happen, um, especially when uh, you're going to have a powerful message, especially when you've got something to, to, to give uh, where we're going to bring us closer to Christ. So let's start with a prayer to St. Michael. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world seeking the ruin of souls. Let's hope for no more technical difficulties. Today's show, thank you for everybody for, for joining us. Um, always great to uh, be able to follow Terry and Jesse with such a powerful message about Christmas. And, you know, my I, I didn't uh, plan this out with them, but uh, really my show is going to be about what are we celebrating in Christmas and are we really ready to choose Christ? Are we able to make that choice? I know we talk about Christmas and what comes to mind during Christmas, but let's start the show also with a Hail Mary um, because we're going to talk about how Mary plays a huge role in Christmas right there next to Christ. Uh, we'll say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's show is live, so uh, I will be looking at the chat here if you're following on YouTube. Um, I'll be looking for comments. If anybody uh, has anything to say, I always appreciate the support um, and, and any questions you have. I love dialoguing with our listeners. I also want to remind all of our listeners, um, for January 16th, mark your calendars and sign up if you haven't already. We're going to have the Spiritual Warfare Conference. It is a virtual conference, but you're going to get such high intel Catholic teaching and information on deliverance. Uh, you know, always a, of interest to me being on the deliverance team for the Diocese of Orange and having to make do those interviews and evaluate people um, to see where they're at um, in terms of their spirituality and what influences are happening for them. Um, so let's not forget that, you know, January 16th, mark that on your calendars. Join us for that, because I think Jesse uh, and, and uh, uh, Dr. Dan uh, are going to be giving us such high quality information. But today, what I really want to talk about is, are we ready to choose Christ? You know, we talk about Christmas and what is Christmas. And when we say Merry Christmas, what does that mean to us as Catholics? What pops up in your mind when you hear Merry Christmas, you know, and one of the things that we need to consider is that for our health, you know, as a physician, I'm always interested in our health. What's going on with our health during Christmas? How are we going to be healthy mentally, spiritually, uh, emotionally, uh, and physically as Catholics? What are we proclaiming as Catholics? We really have to know what we're talking about. We have to know what we're celebrating before we're going to get it out into the world. And, you know, this came up in my heart recently in my mind because I was talking to my wife and she was telling me this story, which I found uh, very, very interesting. Uh, but it really lit a fire under me where I said, you know, th this isn't right. Something's got to happen here. Um, you know, she was telling me about somebody that she heard talking, talking about Christmas and saying how uh, one of the things that they really enjoyed about Christmas um, was that you could have what they called 
a secular Christmas. So this person that was talking was not Catholic. They were not Christian. They followed their own religion, a, d- a different religion. They did not follow Christ. They did not have faith and belief in Christ as, as our Lord and Savior. They did not understand him the way we understand him as our God. But they were talking about how they really enjoyed celebrating Christmas. And they said, you know, what I really enjoy about it is that you can have a, a secular Christmas. And my wife was telling me, and I, I said, well, what did, what did they mean by that? And she said they were saying, you know, gosh, it, it's nice because, you know, there, there's different ornaments that you put up on Christmas trees. I can get a Christmas tree and I can put up ornaments. And, you know, there's different gifts that you give to people. And, and you know, the people who are closer to you, you might give them something a little bit more special. Um, and then, you know, you celebrate the festivities. You sing Christmas carols, right? But, um, you know, the idea was that all of a sudden there was there was no Christ in Christmas. And, uh, you know, Christmas was secular. And I thought that's the biggest oxymoron I have ever heard in my life. How in the world can you have Christmas without Christ? And initially I was like, no, the, you know, we, this can't be right. How, how can this possibly be? How can you get Christ out of Christmas? And one of the things that that brought up for me was I had to ask myself, well, when I say Merry Christmas, when I think about Christmas, what's the first thing that pops up in my mind? You know, is it, do I start automatically saying, when I say Merry Christmas to somebody, do I start thinking about shiny wrapping paper and, and gifts? Do I start thinking about a Christmas tree? Do I start thinking about a very ornately uh, uh, adorned home with lights and beautiful uh, uh, tinsel and glitter and, and, and different colors? Or do I take the time to realize that when I say Merry Christmas, I'm supposed to imagine a very, very humble major. A little manger where, uh, or actually, I don't know the size of the manger, but uh, a manger where a little child was born. And that means more to me than any other decoration that can be out there. And I have to ask myself, is that what I envision? Or am I envisioning all the gifts, all the all the commercial glamour? Who do I have to give gifts for? Of course, that's all involved. But I think that if we're going to think like Catholics, if we're going to have a mental mind, if we're going to be healthy as Catholics mentally and spiritually and physically, then we really have to ask ourselves, what are we celebrating? Are we really ready to say, I'm going to accept Christ and celebrate Christ before all else? When I say Merry Christmas, have I already actually gone through Advent? Because even now, I can't wish you a Merry Christmas yet. It's not, it's not Christmas until tonight. You know, we are still in the twilight of Advent, if you will. We're in the fourth week. We're at the end of Advent. Tonight, Christmas is going to start once we have the Christmas vigil, right? So on the 24th, Christmas Eve, that's when we start to celebrate Christmas at sundown. And once that happens, then we can say Merry Christmas. Why? Because we've got to remember that there's something attached to Christmas. It's the birth of Christ. Christ isn't born until until uh, the 25th. That's our official celebration. And we do always do the Eve celebrations, right? So Christmas Eve is a nice celebration for the birth of Christ. But imagine for yourself one moment that somebody's coming up to you and say that your birthday is on February 1st and they're coming up uh, to you in January and they're saying, hey, happy birthday. And you're going to say, well, it's, it's not my birthday yet. My birthday is in, in February. It's February 1st. Well, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm going to celebrate it now. Well, is that really, are we already celebrating my birthday? Is that really what you're celebrating? Or are you celebrating your own festivity, your own idea of what you think a birthday should be or a birthday is in your own mind? Am I even part of your festivities? I think we have to ask ourselves this because when we're thinking about Christ and we're saying Merry Christmas to people, one of the things that we have to think about is, what am I celebrating? Am I, am I thinking Jesus right away when I say Merry Christmas? Am I thinking that 
you know, our Lord uh, came to earth to save me. And did I prepare for that? Did I actually go through the Advent season? I think in many ways, you know, it's like Easter. We don't say Happy Easter until it's Easter. We, we you know, we're in the middle of Lent and we celebrate, uh, uh, you know, the Lent time. And, and we do that by sacrifice, by fasting, by prayer. I think in the same way, we're still in the Advent season. We're still doing prayer and we're still doing fasting. And one of the things that we need to do is we need to say, what is exactly happening here? What is happening in the Advent season? Did I decorate my house with an Advent wreath? Did I even start with that? Did I put the candles out? Did I take the time to teach my children what this Advent really means? Because when we think about it, Christmas and the holidays can be a, a really important time uh, for people in the men- when it comes to mental health. In the mental health field, what I can tell you is that people can get very emotional. There's a lot of family issues that come up. There's a lot of different things where people tell me, oh, Dr. Sandoval, you know, I come around and the holidays, they just depress me. I just feel down and I'm not sure why. And I ask them, well, you know, what, what do you think is happening? Are you worried about uh, family parties where you're going to have to talk to a, a relative or you're going to have to talk to somebody you know? Um, is there somebody, something that doesn't sit well with you? And a lot of times people say, oh, you know, I just don't know. I just feel down. And that's when I got to wonder, well, where is our focus? Why are we feeling down? Now, some people naturally suffer from, say, depression, from anxiety, from uh, alcoholism. This is a a perfect time where drug use is really on the rise. Um, You know, there's lots of parties, lots of social gatherings where people are already celebrating Christmas before Christmas. But the reality we have to look at is, you know, these things come come upon us. And then I got to wonder, well, where's the focus? Why am I getting depressed? It can be a sentimental time. There's a lot of emotions that come up with the holidays. But when I stop and I take a moment and I focus on, this is when Jesus came to earth for me, I have to be ready to rejoice in that. I have to be ready to recognize and say, wow, this is a, this is a big deal. Am I ready to follow Christ? This is where, when we're going to celebrate the Christmas season we got to really start with celebrating Advent. We really got to start with looking into our hearts and saying, am I going to put in those sacrifices? If I am feeling depressed, if I am feeling anxious, if I suffer from psychosis, can I offer that to Christ? Can I look into my heart and say, you know what, Lord, this is a hard time for me right now, but I want to come close to you the way that you want to come close to me. The, The same way that you came down to earth so that you could be here right next to me with me. Am I ready to come close to you? This is where, when we start celebrating this, we're going to teach others how to celebrate our faith. This is one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, because I thought, gosh, if somebody thinks that they can celebrate Christmas and make it secular, and if they think they can celebrate Christmas and, you know, it's just about the presents and the trees, before I start getting upset about somebody starting to do that or somebody saying, you know, I'm going to celebrate Christmas in a secular way, I have to ask myself, how much am I contributing to somebody seeing that? How, what kind of example am I giving? Am I celebrating Christmas for Christ or am I contributing to presents and trees and other things? We're going to talk more about that when we come back, but let's start putting Christ in our hearts first and foremost. More when we come back from the break. Right. Well, welcome back to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you for joining us today. Today we're talking about Christmas because what does it mean to us, the Christmas season, and how do we prepare for the Christmas season? 
Before we talk about that though, I was just a quick reminder, we are gonna have our uh, deliverance uh, workshop, our deliverance, our virtual uh, warfare uh, uh, workshop for January 16th. So mark your calendars. You're gonna get some really high intel Catholic information on spiritual warfare from Jesse and Dr. Dan. Always, always great to listen to them. Such great information and such great advice for us. But today as we celebrate Christmas, you know, I think that a lot of times we forget that, you know, Christmas is happening. Christmas is going to happen and we don't really remember exactly how to celebrate it. And what I mean by that is how do we celebrate it as Catholics? You know, people know how to uh, give gifts. People know how to prepare their home. People know how to do that. But I'm talking today about the idea of how many people say Merry Christmas and celebrate Christmas without really following a religious practice, without following Christ, without thinking that this is the birth of Christ. Um, you know, th- it happens a lot. You know, I hear people say Merry Christmas. People have Christmas parties at their work um, and, and it's very festive and it's beautiful and people put up snowmen and the idea of winter and a lot of lights and things of that nature. But really, do we have that fire for Christ in our hearts when we are saying Merry Christmas, when we're celebrating Christmas? Am I going to be that example to people? And I think this is where it starts. It starts with Advent. This is the whole purpose of Advent. I love the idea of Advent and lighting the candles on the wreath as we are approaching Christmas. One of the things about the the candles, you know, you're going to see different things about what the candles represent. Faith, joy, hope, right? And we have the different colors. We have three purple ones, one pink one. But as we light the candles, one of the things that we have to remind ourselves of is that we are in the season of Advent, a season for sacrifice, a season for prayer, a season for preparation for Christ. We're always preparing to receive Christ. One of the things that I love about the candles is that they remind me, and I have to ask myself, am I lighting a fire for Christ in my heart? Am I creating a warm fireplace for Christ to come on Christmas Day when, you know, his option was a cold manger perhaps uh, when he came, but now I want to create a warm environment. I want to create that fire for Christ. Do I have that? It's not easy to do in in the modern world because imagine somebody comes to you and says either Merry Christmas or I don't, I, I feel offended when you tell me Merry Christmas. How many times does that happen? You know, you hear the words Merry Christmas and people say, oh, I, I don't say Merry Christmas. That's offensive. Well, what about that is offensive? I, I'm, you know, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I guess it really depends on, on where you're coming from or, or what thoughts you're having about it or your experiences about it. But at the end of the day, if it's the birth of Christ, if it's Christ coming to us, it should be an occasion of joy. So hopefully we've gone through our Advent season. We've done our prayers. Um, we've done our sacrifices and we've created that fire for Christ in our hearts. Now, how do we celebrate Christmas? Because a lot of times Christmas just seems to be one day. You know, the idea of Christmas is, you know, even for the kids or or commercially, you know, you're waiting for somebody to land on your rooftop with reindeer and a sled and wear a big red coat and come down your chimney and drop off gifts. And then Christmas is over. And while St. Nicholas is awesome and great, are we ready to teach our children to teach the world that no, we as Catholics, what we do is, you know, that's, that's a nice little part of Christmas. But what we do in our hearts is that we celebrate the birth of Christ. And not only is this, uh, it's not just a one day celebration. It's such a big celebration that the church really sees it as a stretch of time. If you were listening to the Jesse and Terry show, you know that they were talking about the different days of Christmas. And then we're talking about the solemnity of the octave of Christmas. And it has many um, days that we celebrate with different saints and different things in that time. But 
The octave of Christmas is just one week. It starts with Christmas Day, and it ends with the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Very important week because each of those days has something to do with our Christmas celebration. So once Christmas Day is over, we can't. We don't just stop celebrating Christmas at that time because what we're really celebrating is the story of Christ coming to us, the story of Christ being in our hearts. This is important for us in our terms of our mental health as Catholics. When people ask me, Dr. Sandoval, what can I do to get rid of demons in my life? What can I do to scare away all the darkness? There's many different things that we can do, but the most important thing, the first thing we need to do is we need to accept Jesus Christ. We need to know that Jesus is our Savior and Lord. And if we're going to do that, if we're going to know that Jesus is the, the is God here on earth for us and that he alone has the power to cure us and save us, then we better know the story. We better know exactly what's attached to following Jesus Christ. You know, going to confession is huge and important, but what are we confessing really? When we go to confession, we're not just confessing our sins. We're confessing that we have sinned because Jesus is the truth. That's really what we're confessing. We're confessing the truth of Christ. And next to the truth of Christ, as I stand next to the truth of Christ, now I see my sins. I see where I'm not perfect. And that's really what I'm confessing. I'm confessing that I have hurt Christ. These are things that are important because when we say, how am I going to get rid of demons in my life? How am I going to get rid of darkness? How am I going to get rid of alcoholism? How am I going to get rid of depression? How am I going to get rid of stress? I need to turn to Christ first. This is why any exorcist will tell you one confession is worth a thousand exorcisms. I always want to prepare people for confession before any kind of exorcism. People sometimes will come up and say, Dr. Sandoval, you know, I, I, you know, I'm feeling like I've got these demons after me. I feel like something's not right in my life. I need an exorcism now. And I say, well, what you got to do is you got to get to confession. If a confession is when you're confessing the truth of Christ, no demon wants to be around that. And this is why I think it's so important. If we look at the logic of the feast that we celebrate after Christmas, let's look at the Christmas octave. So we celebrate Christmas on December 25th, December 26th, right away, feast of St. Stephen. He is our first martyr. Why would the church put the feast of St. Stephen as our first martyr right after the birth of Christ? Because at the end of the day, that's what we have to be ready for. If we're going to be there for the birth of Christ, if we're going to accept Christ in our hearts, then we have to be ready to die with Christ as well. And that's what that's what St. Stephen did right away. First martyr of the church. Why does he die? Because he's not going to give up Christ, because he's not going to give up the faith, and because he's going to preach the truth. So these are things that are going to be important for us as we're celebrating Christmas. It's not, yeah, it's wonderful to celebrate Christmas. It's wonderful to have the colors and the lights and the, and the wrapping and all, and all that. But what we've got to remember is there is a price that was paid. And are we willing to walk with Christ now that Christ is born? All of a sudden, are we going to die with Christ? Are we going to be there with him? The Feast of St. Stephen reminds us of that, that yes, we can celebrate the fact that Christ came to save us, but we got to be ready to die with Christ. And we look at the next feast on that same week, then it's St. John the Evangelist, right? So if we look at the gospel of St. John the Evangelist, it's a very theological pointing gospel. What it does is it sheds light on Christ as being truly God. You know, there's different different themes to each of the gospels. And St. John's is the most theologically based. If you look at it when it starts, in the beginning there was what there was the word, right? And so he goes back and he compares that to Genesis where, uh, you know, we're talking about in the beginning and creation and St. John right away tells us 
Jesus is the word. Jesus is what's going to get us out of the darkness. He is the light. So this child is born. Are you willing to die with him? And if there's any doubt, St. John is going to tell us, yes, because you should be ready to die with Jesus because he is the truth. He is the word of God. And so these are things that are important to us. If we're going to look at our mental, spiritual health, if we're going to look at our health uh, as, as Catholics, if we're going to fight, if we know what kind of fight we're getting into, we better know who we're fighting with. And if this young babe came to save us, well, who is he? He's somebody that I'm willing to die with, and he is the truth. He is the light of, of, of the truth. He is God here on earth. These are the things that we are reminded of and that we need to celebrate as we continue to celebrate Christmas, as we continue to celebrate that octave. So and we keep going, December 28th, Feast of the Holy Innocents, right? So <clears throat> all of a sudden we show more martyrdom. Unfortunately, there's more bloodshed. Why? Because we gotta, we're going to end up dying with Christ. The world might not like us. If I go up to somebody who tells me, hey, Merry Christmas, and I celebrate a secular Christmas, and I tell them, hey, happy birthday to baby Jesus to you too, am I ready to get some backlash on that? Am I ready to hear, no, you know, it's not the birth of Christ? Mm, as a Catholic, I got to be ready for that. I got to be ready to say, you know what, this, let me explain to you what Christmas is and how I celebrate it. Because I don't think that if I were to have a friend who celebrated, say, Hanukkah, and I told them, you know what, I celebrate Hanukkah too, and they're going to say, oh, are you Jewish? And I'm going to say, no, 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 but you know what, for, you know, uh, eight days and eight nights, my kids and I, we light candles and we give each other little gifts. Oh, really? Do you talk about the Maccabees? Do you read the Bible? Do you? No, 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 no. We, we just kind of like that. You know, we, we, we all give little gifts to each other and we light candles. And I think they're going to say, well, are you really celebrating Hanukkah? So you're not talking about what happened in the Bible. You're not talking about the story with the Maccabees. You're not doing. So how do you celebrate Hanukkah? Well, like I said, you know, I like, you know, you guys like candles and, and you give each other gifts and, and you play games. And while you guys have what you call dreidel games, you know, we play Monopoly or we play something else. I think they're going to say, hmm, I'm not sure that you get the idea of Hanukkah. I think in the same way without, you know, as we say, clarity with charity, without being mean, we got to say, you know, this is what Christmas is. Christmas is the birth of Christ. And because Christ was born, we celebrate actually that whole that whole week after we celebrate the octave. And in fact, we go even further than that. We're going to talk about that. But as we keep going with the octave, we keep looking at what do we keep celebrating? We keep celebrating martyrs. We celebrate St. Thomas Beckett. We celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family. Why would the Feast of the Holy Family be important as we're celebrating, um, the, you know, different feasts of martyrs and death with Christ? Because Christ came in to us as a family. When we see the Holy Family, St. Joseph, Mary, Jesus, this wasn't going to happen. You know, our salvation was not going to happen without the basis of the family. If we notice how important is the family in our following Christ and our following the faith, how important is the family in our martyrdom? How important is the family in our mental health? Honestly, when we look at uh, the Gospels and Jesus says, you know, before you even come into church, if you have a beef with your brother, if, there, if you're not getting along with your family, you better uh, amend that first before you even come to talk to me, before you come to the church. Make up with your brother first. This is how important the family is. We can't forget that in the Gospels as well, in the, when Jesus cured the, the garrison demoniac and the, the young man said, you know, I want to follow you. Jesus told him, no, 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 you need to go back to your family. There was a brokenness there in the family. The feast of the Holy Family is important because it's not just the Holy Family. It's a reminder to us that we are a family. This is the basis. We are the family of, of the body of Christ. And each of us in our individual families are an example of what Christ is and what God wants for us. And then we finish the octave with the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Why is this so important? If there's no Mary, there's no Christmas. If Mary did not say yes to Christ, to God, to the angel with God's message, we don't have Christ and we don't have salvation. This is a huge example of 
what Mary is showing us. In her humility by saying yes to God, she helped bring salvation to the whole world. This is what we're celebrating in Christmas. When we stop and we take a step back and we think about this, this is huge. This is our Christmas. This is what we celebrate. When I say Merry Christmas, it really means, hey, the door to heaven's open. We're going to, Jesus came, remember? I mean, we know we're going to uh, have Easter Sunday, and, and that's when we're really going to celebrate. That's our first big feast. But our second big feast is the possibilities here. We have hope. Christ was born. The door to heaven is going to be open. Merry Christmas. Jesus is here. He's going to celebrate with us. Mary said yes to God. And so why is this so important? Why is the solemnity of Mary, mother of God, important? Because she's showing us that when we say yes to God, God is going to work in our lives and great things are going to happen. We're going to share in saving the world through our sacrifices, through showing up as Catholics, to talk, through talking to people, and to really making the decision, I'm going to follow Christ. There is a risk of martyrdom, but I'm going to follow Christ. This is going to be so important in our hearts as we think Merry Christmas. You know, when I look at the Red of Christmas, am I thinking of there's going to be Catholic martyrdom here, but there's going to be a greater good for the salvation of the world? More to come. When we come after the break, we're going to keep talking about Christmas, what it really means, and what it means for our mental health as Catholics, our spiritual health as Catholics, and our physical health as Catholics. Thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. All right. Well, welcome back to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And thank you for listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. I'm Dr. Luis Sandoval, always wishing you good spiritual health, physical health, and mental health as always. Um, one of the things that I want to remind all, all of our listeners about is our Spiritual Warfare Conference on January 16th. Make sure you tune in for a day of high information Catholic wisdom when it comes to spiritual warfare. Um, I want to give a shout out today. We are doing a live show, and I'm always so happy we can do a live show. I want to give a shout out to some of our listeners here. I keep always following uh, the chats on our YouTube channels. So uh, shout out to David, to Colin, um, and to Ricky. Uh, I also know that there is a Learn Bible verse, and I forget what your name is, but thank you for listening. I want to tell you guys, as we're talking about Christmas and we're talking about um, uh, how we celebrate Christmas, I don't want to instill fear in people and make them think, Dr. Sandoval, you're really bringing me down because you're talking about martyrdom and you're talking about, you know, I was so happy with, with the holidays and, and Christmas and, and this, these, this music. And I say, you know what? I agree with you. I think that there has to be a, definitely a happiness. There has to be a joy. There has to be an excitement about it. I think it's like the, uh, um, but I, I, you know, I, I make it akin to our first, uh, um, shall we say our first martyrs. I know that we celebrate St. Stephen, but you got to remember when the early Christians were being persecuted and they were celebrating masses in the catacombs and they were being thrown to the lions. Remember they were singing, they were singing happy uh, sing, uh, hymns of joy because they knew that they were going to meet with Christ and they knew that there was going to be nothing more important. And I think that we got to be the same. You know, we got to remember that when Christ came or when, when we're celebrating the birth of Christ, there's going to be nothing more important in our lives. Nothing's going to bring me down. I don't care if there's a pandemic. I don't care if there's a virus. I don't care if there's, you know, a new cancer that's found. I don't care what's going on out there because once I have Christ in my heart, I know that nothing else is going to matter. Nothing that this world is going to throw at me should, should scare me or freak me out. So to call on to Ricky to learn more, learn Bible verse, um, to David out there, I want to say, you know, I'd be happy to be martyred with you. We're going to walk in this together. And everybody else who's listening, you know, I give a shout out to all of you. I'm willing to shed Catholic blood with everyone out there because we're going to stand for our faith. And we're going to take the risk of following Christ because the rewards are going to be so great. 
That's really what's the, the reminder of Christmas. So I say, yes, let's go ahead and decorate. Let's make it beautiful, but let's put Christ at the center. And so one of the things that I wonder is, when we decorate our house, when we decorate for Christmas, when we decorate our hearts for Christmas, one of the things that I wonder is, if Jesus were to show up, would he know that this is for his birthday? You know, I think it would be interesting if you showed up to a party and there was some, you know, I don't know, leaves and, and there was just some streamers and cardboard boxes and, and you know, different things around. And, and people say, hey, this is, I decorated for your birthday. And you're saying, well, where, this is for my birthday? I don't, how do you even know I like this? I think that if I'm going to celebrate for somebody's birthday and if I'm going to decorate for somebody's birthday, I think that I would have to, one, know them and know what they like. Hopefully they will come into, you know, into the party and they're going to recognize that this is for them. You know, this is, this is for their birthday. One of the things that I ask myself is how do I decorate my house? One of the first things that we put up at home, we got to put up the nativity scene. That's really what it comes down to, you know, and there's lots of controversy that can come up with a nativity scene. So if you guys have any uh, ideas about uh, uh, how to celebrate a nativity scene or things that you've heard, let me know, let me know in the chat. Um, but one thing I'll tell you is this. I remember growing up, we put up our nativity scene Baby Jesus was not on the manger until the 25th. Baby Jesus isn't born yet. Why is this important? Because the empty manger always reminded me that we were still in the Advent season. I was still waiting for Jesus to be born. I'd walk by there and see the statues of everybody else. You know, there was a St. Joseph statue, the Mary statue, the Three Kings statue. And then I'd see them in the manger, but there was a big gap. The reason for the season was not there yet. He wasn't born yet. My heart was still waiting for him. I think that that's so important when we teach our children, when we teach our family, when we teach our friends and they look at a manger scene and it's like, nope, Jesus isn't there yet. He's not born. We've got to wait till the 25th. This does something to our mind. You know, as, as a psychiatrist, what I can tell you is, and as a physician, what I can tell you is when we have to wait, when we anticipate, it does something to us. It actually makes us stronger. You know, when we were kids and, and our parents used to say, you could say, tell your parents, hey, I really want that toy or I really want, you know, this uh, new electronic gadget or I want this or that and your parents said no, and you might have been disappointed, or your kids are disappointed, but then what do people say? Well, you know, that pain that you're feeling, that sense of loss, or waiting, or longing, it's going to build character. How does it build character? Because I have to sit in not being rewarded right away. I have to teach myself that the present, that what's the true gift? You know, if I didn't get that toy that I was probably going to play with for a couple of days and then forget about a week later and then not remember about it until I had to clean under my bed or something, you know, how important was that toy really for me? Did it really mean that much? My real question then is how important is Christ for us? Do we just celebrate him one day and that's it? Merry Christmas, birth of Christ, 25th, and then the 26th we take down our tree? No, the church is teaching us that one, Advent season builds character. That's really the bottom line. When we sacrifice, when we fast, we're going to build character. And then um, once Jesus is there, we're going to appreciate the gift of Christ. And in fact, we're going to appreciate it so much that we have to keep celebrating for some time. When have you ever seen kids get so excited because they open the gift and they're excited in that moment? And then they're going to forget about it. Why? Because the brain is so amped up when they see this gift, they don't know how to settle into it. The brain doesn't know how to settle into it. So when we see Christ come to us, when we see the, the gift of Christ uh, uh, on Christmas Day, the child is born, our spirits, our souls are going to be so overwhelmed that we have to settle into it. We need that week to celebrate that week of the octave. And in fact, we don't just use the octave. 
Then all of a sudden we go a step further. We say the 12 days of Christmas, right? A lot of people think that the 12 days of Christmas are going to start, you know, if you count it, what is it, the 13th, the 14th, one of it would be 12 days before Christmas. That would not be the 12 days of Christmas because we're still in Advent. We're not in Christmas yet. We have to train our minds on how to be um, spiritually Catholic, mentally Catholic, emotionally Catholic, and we have to realize, no, we have to anticipate, we have to wait for Christ. The 12 days of Christmas is when once Christmas starts, the 12 days end at the epiphany. They end when when we celebrate the three kings coming. Now, being from a, 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 a Latin background, um, one of the things that it's, it's we have like two, uh, we have like a mini Christmas again, is what, we, what the kids say, because all of a sudden you have the day of the three kings, Los Tres Reyes. You have the three kings, and all of a sudden that's another celebration where the kids get gifts. So in Latin American countries where you celebrate the three kings, people are well aware of the 12 days of Christmas because we go from the 25th of December all the way through the through the sixth through the through the feast of the, the three kings, and this is still part of the Christmas story. You notice that we're not done celebrating Christ. We celebrate the octave. We get to the three kings because all of a sudden there's a realization. Notice that it might take us twelve days to let Christ settle into our hearts. The excitement the, of the newness of the Christ child is born. He's going to settle into our hearts, and all of a sudden we get. We hopefully become like the three kings. We're hopefully like the wise men, where for those 12 days, we're still doing the journey of coming to meet the Christ child and hopefully get an epiphany of who this really is, of what this really means means uh, to my heart, to my life, to my soul. Christ came to save me. I'm going to take the 12 days to mentally prepare for the fact that I'm going to go on this journey with this man. I'm going to go on this journey with God, man. I'm going to go on this journey to save my soul with Christ. This is how I'm going to fight the demons. I'm going to settle with Christ. I'm going to be with Christ. And I'm going to come to know Christ. Think about it. If you're going to celebrate, if you're going to have a birthday party for somebody, and this is somebody you don't know, you're not going to know how to celebrate their birthday. You have to get to know the person. You have to know who they are, what they like, what kind of present to give them, what kind, what flavor of cake they like, what color of candles, what they're, how I'm going to decorate. How do I know this person? I need to walk with them. I need to be with them. I need to settle with them. I need to understand what they stand for because this party better be for them and not for me. Christmas is really we're celebrating Christ and I need to know who Christ is. Once we can celebrate Christ, then we can see Christ in each other. And that is really the biggest gift of Christmas, that we're going to find Christ in each other and we're going to realize, hey, we're going to die together for Christ. We're going to be martyrs together for Christ. That's really what it comes down to. A uh, quick shout out to some of our listeners here. Um, somebody said that it was best to have your nativity consecrated. And you know what? I have heard of that. I think it's always great to get your nativity consecrated, to get uh, to get it blessed. That's always a good idea. Um, wonderful, wonderful thoughts there. Um, one of the, you know, one of the questions I was asked is, uh, a few weeks back when the Vatican came out, uh, and they showed some pictures of the, of the nativity scene at, or, you know, some statues at the Vatican. And they said, Hey, Dr. Sandoval, what do you think of the nativity scene at the Vatican? And I said, I'm still waiting for them to put it up. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when they're going to put up their nativity scene officially. I saw, I saw some of those statues that they put up and I, I had to wonder, you know, who was that for? Because if Christ showed up, you know, would he say, oh, yeah, that, that really looks like, like my family on, on Christmas Day. That's, that's a great pre- representation. One of the things that I think about when it comes to nativity scenes is, you know, when I, who's really a nativity scene for? I like to use it as to teach people and to teach the children. And, to, and this is where really where it starts. That's my, my earliest memories of childhood, of Christmas, of how do we celebrate Christmas. I think of the nativity scene and I think about, you know, these, this is my family. This is who uh, I'm going to be with spiritually. This is the family that I've inherited spiritually. This is what I have to dedicate my life to. 
And if we don't have our nativity scenes, if we don't have our, our art represent real life and Christ in a way that's inviting, I think that that's really damaging to us spiritually in the sense that, you know, it, it, it really doesn't make sense. It's kind of the equivalent to me of uh, somebody telling me, hey, you know, um, we're going to celebrate Christ without or Christmas without Christ. You know, that, that sense of something's not right there. You know, we want to make sure that our, our images of Christ, our, our, our representation of Christ and Mary and Christmas really represent something that I could show a young child and they would say, wow, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. I also heard somebody say, well, Dr. Temple, don't you think that's idolatry? Are you guys worshiping statues? Well, no, absolutely not. These are just images that represent our family. Because for that matter, if I go around, you know, whenever you travel and you go to different places, even the United States, how many times do we go to different places and there's monuments? There's statues of somebody. You know, don't we have the Lincoln Monument uh, in Washington, D.C.? Is that idolatry? Or is that really commemorating something that was important, something that meant something for the people, somebody who really, you know, did something for the better of the people of that country or that city, that, you know, that state, whatever uh, uh, that statue is supposed to represent? I don't think that we're worshiping that statue. I think it's really representation of what we have to look at in our lives. In the same way, these are the statues that we put up in our churches, and this is where our nativity has to really represent Christ. You know, what is it that we are celebrating there? What is it that I'm dedicating myself to? You know, these are the things that that are really, really important. And so one of the things that we have to ask ourselves is, um, you know, why would somebody want to get Christ out of Christmas? Or why is there this push to secularize Christmas? Or why is there this idea that Christmas should be more gifts, um, you know, and, and things of that nature? We're going to talk more about that when we come back, because this is a very, very important point. We've got to keep Christ in our hearts. And how we're going to do that is really going to show people who we are as Catholics, who we are as Christians, and what we're willing to die for. More about that when we come back to the clinic. All right, well, welcome back to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today, we're talking about how we're going to be healthy Catholics when it comes to our mental health, our spiritual health, and our physical health as we're thinking about Christmas and how we're going to celebrate the Christmas season. You know, one of the things that, um, that I always find important and, and that, that I can tell you, you know, it lights a fire for me when people try to keep Christ out of Christmas. And why would that even be? You know, why would anybody even want to consider that? One thing we got to remember is this. When it comes to spiritual warfare, even though we think about Christmas as happening a long time ago, we got to remember that the battle is the same and it's still happening now. What was going on in Christmas time? What was going on when Christ was being born back then? What are the events that happened? This is why it's so important to um, celebrate the octave and to understand the story of Christmas. Because let's look at what was happening back then. The octave, remember, we're going right into martyrdom. We're going right into uh, St. Stephen. We're going into the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Well, the Feast of the Holy Innocents is key here. Why? Because what was the whole purpose of the Holy Innocents? It was all about King Herod saying, no, there's not going to be another king. There's not going to be somebody who's going to overtake me. I don't like this idea. We're going to get rid of all the kids. We're going to get rid of Christ. If you think about it, what was what was driving, you know, what was driving Herod? 
It sure wasn't a, a, a saintly spirit. It sure wasn't a holy spirit. What was driving Herod to do this? You know that there had to be something demonic involved. There had to be an evil spirit. There had to be a demon. There had to be the devil. There had to be something that would want somebody to take this much power and be so afraid of a small child. Well, what's happening today? The battle's the same. If we look at spiritual warfare, it's an eternal battle. We think of things in terms of time and space, but if we look at it, it's the same battle. You think that you think that the devil doesn't want to drive Christ out of Christmas still? This is still happening because he knows that if we allow Christ to be in our hearts and if we celebrate Christmas truly the way it is, miracles are going to happen. This is what, what we consider miracles are really ordinary for God. This is just God working in our lives. We are just so not not used to it. We're so not we're, we're waiting for something, you know, so extraordinary to happen. And when we stop and we stop, stop and think about allowing Christ to be in our hearts during this Christmas season, this is where miracles are going to happen. We can't take Christ out of Christmas. This is where I've seen people uh, be able to overcome addictions. This is where I've been uh, seeing people be able to overcome addictions, not just to drug and alcohol. We say addictions and we think substances, but really addictions to sin. How can sin not, you know, why, why is sin, uh, why do we go to the confessional booth and we confess the same sins over and over? It's kind of an addiction, right? So it does the same thing in the brain. But this is where I see people say, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept this anymore. I'm only going to accept Christ in my heart. But if, if society wants to get rid of Christ, then guess what? All of a sudden we're opened up to all these evil forces. We're opened up to all this darkness. And that's not what the Christmas season is about. This is why uh, the demons and the devils, they're going to get really scared when it comes to, to the Christmas season. If you ever listen to different uh, exorcists speak, I heard I uh, had the, the, um, um, the good fortune to hearing uh, Father uh, Peter Glass. And you can listen to his, his lectures on YouTube. And talks about exorcism. And one of the things that he does during his exorcisms is he actually has people sing Christmas carols. And they look at him and he said that his team was looking at him saying, why would we sing Christmas carols during exorcism? He says, don't you understand? It's the incarnation. This is the biggest fear for any of the demons or any of the evil forces out there. We have to start thinking this way as, as Catholics. We have to start thinking that what is it that I'm really celebrating at, at Christmas time? Why do we have these different feasts during the octave? Because it's going to remind us that we're going to be martyrs and that there's forces out there that really are not happy about Christ being around, that really aren't happy about him being born. Why? Because it means our salvation. And that's really, really key and important when we're thinking about what are we celebrating here in Christmas? When I say Merry Christmas to somebody, I want to think, you know what? I'm going to make it to heaven. I'm going to, you know, Christ came and it's not going to be an easy road. I'm going to have to be martyred, but hopefully I will be able to make it to heaven. Um, and that's the bottom line. I'm looking at some of the, the comments here. Um, one of the really key and important figures um, that we see in, in, in the nativity scene, this is why it's important to have, you know, a, re a really good representation of who Christ is and what's happening during this um, season is that we look to these, to the different players um, in our lives and in our hearts as to who can I emulate? How am I going to be martyred with Christ? How am I going to, because, you know, Christ came, the doors of heaven are going to be open, but now I got to do my part. And how do I know how to do that? Everybody needs a role model. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody needs a role model. And if I'm going to follow Christ, I got to look at the people surrounding themselves with Christ. Who surrounded themselves with Christ at Christmas time? Who knew that they were going to um, follow Christ and make it to heaven? Well, the first players right away, Our Lady is going to be the very first player. There's no Mary. There's no Christmas. We have to remember that. Such an important feast for the Mary, the mother of God. 
And if you really look at what the church follows and that what the church um, um, celebrates, technically speaking, the Christmas season goes all the way to February 2nd. Um, it, it's called Candlemas. Um, in Spanish, sometimes we call it la, la Virgen de la Candelaria. So it's Candlemas. And what's happening at that point? At, and February 2nd is really where we celebrate the presentation of Jesus in the temple. And it's also called the purification of Our Lady in the temple. It's 40 days of the Christmas season. So that's 40 days out. So we still celebrate Christ. We celebrate Mary. And it's always celebrated throughout. When we look at Our Lady, when we look at that manger scene, and I look at Our Lady and I say, how can I be more humble? How can I say yes to God without worrying about what's going to be implied in my life? How, you know, she must have been scared. Who, you know, what was going on through her mind, you know, as, as a young lady um, told that she's going to be having the child of God and she's got to go in this trusting wholeheartedly. How do I explain this to St. Joseph? How do I tell my, my spouse that, you know, I'm going to have the child of God, even though we know that this is prophesied, how, you know, how am I going to do this? And guess what? I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to trust God because if I'm trusting God whole, wholeheartedly, I'm going in all the way. I'm not going to be able, I'm going to have to just take one step at a time. At the same time, who's the, who's the next player? The, the one I call the silent knight, St. Joseph, who does not have a word in the Bible, but how powerful is he? What a great example for us men to become more like St. Joseph. That's a different level of humility right there because all of a sudden he had to go into this blindly. He didn't have, you know, he had nothing but trust in God. He had some dreams and he believed that the angel was talking to him as well. How many men are going to be strong enough to say, you know, it seems like I'm going to be in a predicament here, but I'm going to trust God that this is right. I don't know that I would be that strong, but this is where I want to pray to St. Joseph and I want to ask him to help me lead my family. You know, St. Joseph doesn't have a whole lot of uh, 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 words in the in the Bible, but if you look at the titles that he has, he has a whole list of titles of, of who he is. Um, you know, and one of them that I think about all the time in the deliverance ministry is, you know, he's the terror of demons. And how is he the terror of demons? Because he was willing to, like Mary, be humble enough and say yes to God and say, you know what? My life is going to be turned around here, but I'm going to follow Christ and I'm just going to trust that I do that. I see some of the comments here. Uh, you know, this is going to be this, the, the year of uh, St. Joseph. And I think that, you know, guys who are out there saying, hey, I want to be, uh, I want to follow St. Joseph. I'm going to uh, hold myself accountable, calling Ricky out there talking. Hey, I'm right there with you guys. You know what? This year of St. Joseph, uh, consecrating ourselves to St. Joseph as men. These are the reminders of Christmas. These are the reminders of that nativity scene. This is where my family is. And how am I going to be like my family? You know, how many of us talk in our families and say, gosh, you look just like your uncle. You look just like your cousin. You know, your uncle, he was a great man. He did this, or your dad did this. And we talk about our families. And really, when we're talking about that, we're talking about what's our inheritance. We inherit our looks from our families, right? Genetically speaking, we inherit our personalities, you know, interesting in, in dynamics. And when we look at each other, oh my gosh, you are just like your mother, or you are just like your aunt. You know, we, we inherit a whole lot of different things. And this is why I think the nativity scene, the Christmas, what we're celebrating, this is what's so important. We look at that scene, and mentally speaking, that's my family. What am I going to inherit? If I open up my heart to Christ, I get to inherit that. I get to inherit the characteristics. I get to uh, inherit uh, life everlasting. And in doing so, I'm going to inherit the traits of my family. Are people going to be able to see us as Catholics and say, you know what? You look like Christ. 
you know, or you remind me of St. Joseph, or you remind me of something that, that, that Mary would do, or that reminds me, you know, of the wise men. If we look at the wise men in, in the uh, um, uh, scene of the, of the manger, what is it that they're doing? They're looking at nature. They're looking at science to follow God. How many times nowadays do we hear, you know, as, as a scientist myself, how many times do we hear, oh, because of this in science, there is no God, or you can't have science and religion. They, they're uh, polar opposites. Absolutely not. I've never understood that myself. You know, why would science be, you know, a polar opposite of God? How would that be any different than art or any other subject matter? How would, how, why is it that if I study this, all of a sudden that means there's no God? Where's the connection there? That sure does not make sense to me. And in fact, the Magi, the three, the three wise men, they remind me that if I look at the stars, am I still going to be in awe of God? When I see the planets, when I see the stars, when I see the ocean, when I see the mountains, am I still in awe of God's creation? Do I understand that this is something that God put to me, that he wants me to be filled with him? And when I see the beauty, does this guide me to God? I see those three wise men and I think, I need to follow the star too. I need to look to the stars and see where's that brightest star. And now our brightest star is Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know how many of you saw the uh, the Jupiter and Saturn joining this year, and, you know, they called it the Christmas star. Think about it. Even in science, they call it the Christmas star. It comes back to Christ. Everything's going to come back to Christ and God. There's no question about that. You know, we got to remember that. Every, every, every part of that manger scene is important. And of course, sometimes you look at the manger scene and you look at, you know, there's animals there. How is that not scientific? How is that not nature? The, you know, the science of nature and God's creation, you know, God came down and he is there. He is, he is part of, of a very humble picture, but it's all about the earth. It's all about nature. That's God right there. When we look at nature, we got to look at God, not the other way around. We're not here to worship nature. We're going to, we're going to find God in nature. When we look at nature, of course, we want to preserve it. We want to preserve it so that it keeps reminding me that I need to follow God, you know, and that this is God's creation we take care of. I'm not going to worship nature. I'm not going to bow down to nature. I'm going to say, thank you, God, for putting me in this planet. And these are the things to consider. You know, how good is our God to us? Not only does he send his son down to us, you know, to, to save us, but if you look at certain things, you know, this, this story, the story of Christmas was, was already foretold ever since Genesis, right? The Proto-Evangelium, when God tells us that, when actually God tells the serpent that he's going to send somebody to save us. This is really the story of Christmas. This is the octave. This is the 12 days of Christmas. This is candle mass. We're, it's still our story as Catholics. We have to remember this is all part of our salvation. This is why we don't just celebrate Christmas on one day. Christmas is the start of it all, and we have to let Christ settle into our hearts as we think about what all of this means. As we do that, you know, and we're looking at Christ, and we're looking at what that means in our hearts, we're looking at, at uh, you know, where did God place us when we were when we had to leave the garden? He puts us on this earth, and this is our prison, technically speaking, until we get to heaven, but he puts us on this earth that where we still find beauty, where we still find love, where we still find such nature, you know, we are all inspired by nature around us, and this is our prison. I can only imagine what heaven's going to be like if this is supposed to be the place that we're supposed to purify. Let's remember that this Christmas season. Whenever we wish each, wish each other a Merry Christmas, let's remember that there's a price, that there's a price for us as Catholics, that we are going to be martyrs, but we're going to be happy martyrs because we're going to be in it together. We're going to be a family together. And I wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. The best present that, any, you know, that I hope I can give anybody is reminding us that we are in this together. Christ is in our hearts. We are Catholic and we're so proud to be Catholic. You know, I'm proud to be with every one of you. This year, let's remember, uh, you know, St. Joseph for the men out there. This is the year of St. Joseph. Let's try to make that consecration of St. Joseph. Learn more about him. Let's see how we can be humble so that we can carry Jesus and Mary as well and we can move forward as Catholics. 
I say Merry Christmas to everybody. Don't forget to join us in our Spiritual Warfare Conference on January 16th. And please have a very safe, very merry, very happy Christmas. And until the next time, we'll see you back here at the clinic. Please keep praying for me and I'll be praying for you.